Jennifer. Hi, Richard. How are you? I'm doing fabulous today. Today. <laughs> today is a good day to be fabulous. Um, I know this doesn't feel like a different setup, but I'm on a different computer. Oh, what was that about? So things may be weird. <laughs> as, opposed it's a, to, as opposed to me talking to dead people? Yeah, that's right. Something good, like unusual. <laughs> Any speaking of dead people, how you doing? <laughs> they said they're doing great. <laughs> uh, very good. Well, uh, today's it's the you know the day after the inauguration. How much do you love the poet? Oh, wasn't she fabulous? Oh my! I immediately when I heard her, I grabbed my phone and you know looked her up and read everything I could. She is just amazing. So inspiring. She she went to school in Santa Monica, place called New Roads, but Harvard. In Harvard, but really fascinating is that her mom, LMU, LMU. She's a teacher who went to LMU, and her uh, thesis, her PhD thesis, is online, and it's really, really eloquent and brilliant. And Sherry read it to me yesterday. It's just really sweet. It was, you know, it. it despite what party you are a part of, that was so inspiring. You couldn't help but be in awe. They did a terrific job. You you know, you must admit, I guess it was the same guys who did the uh, Democratic Convention and produced it. But I mean, just the way they put everything together. I love the parade, the People's Parade. I don't know if anybody watched that, but it was little bits of people around the country doing, you know, right. to, yeah. celebrating the country. And uh, it's fun to hear, fun to see. It was like, I was when, I'm even teary-eyed now, like getting choked up now. Just the fact that a woman is a, the vice president, forget that she's everything else. Um, just, you know, I wasn't sitting next to my daughter and I'm like, this is what I'm so, like, one of the things that I'm amazed about is that you're gonna have the opportunity later. This is what you now get to know, that you have the chance to do something well, something 200 and some years to normalize that. I mean, it's crazy. Right? Took so many years for women to vote. And anyway, it's great. You know, and change, change is a awesome. good thing. And we hope everybody who's no longer there is happy somewhere else. <laughs> right. You know, and right. now people got to get the shovels out and the brooms out and, you know, sweep up after the parade. You can't use my car. <laughs> <laughs> the broom the broom that i fly in on so we you know it's a good opportunity for us to ask luana if anybody has shown up in class anybody that she's brought anybody who wants to chat Nothing with us on here besides luana her. yeah her name luana anders very good oh, for those who tuning in for the only the first time maybe the hundredth time we haven't got that far but Luana is my friend who passed away in the 1990s and started visiting me. And somewhere along the line, I was resisting believing that it was her, even though I was getting new information from her. And ultimately, I started to wonder, well, if she can visit here, how, how do we go visit her? And ultimately, that led me to Jennifer and to this kind of odd thing that we do where Luana is our moderator on the flip side. She brings people in to talk to us and helps facilitate the conversation because she understands somehow how to help Jennifer hear, see, sense what they're trying to tell us. Right. Lou, was that accurate? Yes, but hold on. She just tried to scare you at first when she was visiting you. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> she said now she scares the cat. <laughs> well, our cat does stare off into the distance every now and then, just gets in a space and just. Because you have a full house and you did two nights ago. And there was something about that. Sunday night too. But. Um, and well, let me ask you, Lou, when you say that, full house, who do you mean? Who's stopping by to visit us? Family, she says. Like? Your mom and dad. Mom and dad. Anything in particular they wanted to run by or talk to me about? 
who just said, um, hold on. And then she showed me, what's David Bowie, excuse me. I'm like, I'm so sorry, <laughs> David Bowie. So hold on a second. All the musical performances, like John Legend, John Bon, John bon Jovi. Everyone did other music, right? They honored even the musicians over the years, correct? Oh, interesting, interesting point. And so he was just saying it was a big, there was a lot of people there. Like, I do know that um, what John Bon Jovi saying was actually inspired by, by, I don't know, someone that dealing with Yogananda and Ram Dass. I don't know. Um, Why, what image are you getting when you say that? Well, I got Yogananda. Okay. But I also, someone- Well, hold on, just hold that, hold, hold that thought. I'm, somebody told you, go ahead, I interrupted you. Someone told me about this, I, I can't remember, there was a brief text from a, very dear, from a very dear friend of mine who said, who told me this, so please know this was conscious information. Um, but I forgot about it. And then when, when David Bowie showed up, um, he was showing me hovering over with a bunch of people, a bunch of musicians, you know, past, you know, in the past that were there for the night of the celebration, which was pretty amazing. But I so, was remembering. Something. So, but to go to Yogananda for a second, just for a second. Mm -hmm. So when John Bon Jovi performed his piece, what is the connection to Yogananda with that piece? I think I know what it is, but let's see if David can tell us. Okay. It was written by an artist who practiced meditation and was inspired by how it fall in why this person was doing meditation or something like that. So let's clarify, Jennifer, you're not recalling who wrote that song, are you? No, not at all. Okay. And John Bon Jovi performed a song. What, right. was, the, what was the name of the song? I don't even know. I don't even Isn't know. Isn't that beautiful? I think that's really wonderful. We've interviewed the guy who wrote the song in one of our previous conversations, not here on the podcast, but in the book, in the book, Backstage Pass and the Flip Side. We have so many. And he, we have so many. And yes, this person was famous for meditation, for connecting to the flip side, because his name is George Harrison. Okay. I, didn't I, love, I love that reaction. <laughs> I didn't know that. I'm just so, I should have known that. It's okay. All, all I remember from the text that was, was Yogananda dealing with something, dealing with Bon Jovi. I understand. I understand. But I just want to understand. We're also about process. This is not for us to get the things right because we're not trying to prove anything. Right. And, and like I just said, I always give information where I get it conscious. If I get information cons consciously, then I'm going to give it. And that came from a text from a doctor, from Dr. Chaw, who I love, who's a very good friend of mine, but I don't remember anything other than. Yogananda and very good. So I just for the audience, this is in in terms of George Harrison, who was somebody who was who studied with Maharish Mahashogi. He's like mad at me that I didn't remember. <laughs> but that idea that so let's ask George, because right. your song was performed so was, well. He said it was he was honored. He, he said was honored. That, okay. he said that he did it better than I could have. His voice. He liked his voice and he did a good job. That's lovely. Yeah, and he said that the rhythm was different. It so was. I actually physically didn't see, I didn't see John Bon Jovi's. I only saw, I actually saw um, John Legend, but I didn't get a chance to see. You haven't seen it yet. So you should take a look at it and it's lovely. They shot it out in Miami at the end of a pier and they must have shot it over a couple of days because the sun does come out. You know, it's a cloudy day, and at the end of the song, the sun does come out. Here comes the sun. Is Here that comes it? the sun. That's oh it. My God. Duh. <laughs> so. Oh, I love that. So we're just talking about process now. So the idea of showing uh, somebody like Yogananda, who was a yogi and somebody who meditated. Okay. Right. So George, is that accurate that the song "Here yeah. Comes the Sun" came out of a meditation for you? 
It came out of an experience from feeling the light from within my being. Here comes the sun can be interpreted, interpreted in many ways. It was putting words that the general population would understand what it really meant. Here comes the sun because I'm, I was emanating light from within. That metaphor of becoming aware. Um, Correct. I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask being you. Being connected, he said. Being connected. Thank you. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you if you have anything you want to say to Olivia, your wife, who I think may be suffering from COVID at the time. She posted something about being in her I'm hospital. Holding, I'm holding her hand. She's not alone. And she's stronger than all of us combined. <laughs> so she's going to be okay. I'm just, I'm not asking you to predict, but I think. Yes. Okay. Cause it, you know, she was posting photos and stuff and not everybody she'll who gets it. She'll be stronger. She has the best. She's fortunate cause she has the best doctors. Excellent. Very good. Thank you. Uh, anything you want to say to our mutual friend, Russ, George? He knows what I'm talking about. I know. I don't, but hold on. I don't know Olivia per se, but I know. Anyway. He keeps laughing. I don't know why. But he just right. laughing. laughing about Russ or yeah. you, you want to say something to Russ or? Tell Russ, like tell him to start enjoying who he is and what he has and stop focusing and stop focusing on things that are not going right in the world. I'm sure he was very happy to see the outcome of yesterday's election, Russ. He's our tired. Friend. He feel, it feels like he either like he's the type of person that either campaigned or was Maybe. super like he was. I just feel him exhausted from it. <laughs> he did. Uh, he, now he feel he feels heart like there's some element about how he's so concerned about the other half that voted for you know for our, the other side of the aisle. Right. Yeah. He, because we have to mend the broken. It's heartfelt. It's like a heartfelt, you know. Lovely. Well, Russ is a guy of compassion. Um, I'll might as well say his name, Russ Teitelman, who did the photograph, took the picture of me that's in on my, you know, author photograph on my books. A good awesome. friend. And also he produced uh, Eric Clapton. It has a Grammy for that, but he produced one of maybe more of George's songs. And so they were friends. And I've seen some wonderful photographs that Russ has taken of George. A lot so of them are So he, I feel like he also put in George Harrison's tracks into, into music or something like that. He's just showing me. Well, as a producer, yeah, he would have been involved in that. He would have been in the studio with George, like taking the music and changing it, adding uh, musicians, et cetera, et cetera. So you're saying like, contributing to the overall piece. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I love to quote George. That's very good. All right, uh, David, Mr. Bowie, I mean. Aren't we, okay, hold on. We are all contributing to every aspect of, wow, I wish people could see what I see. He's showing we're all contributing to every aspect and he showed, because I'm looking at the ocean, he showed, everything that like being immersed as one with everything we're contributing to everything good and bad to everything whether we that, want to consciously believe that we're connected or not very good so that connection that we all have and some people call it quantum mechanics because apparently atoms are all connected to each other and apparently we are as well something like that george I only get that when we have our class. <laughs> well, it's easier to say than, yeah, right, that's right. Okay, um, I appreciate that, but I just didn't want, and George, please, uh, whatever you want to say, but I didn't want to leave Mr. Bowie in the lurch there. Um, did you want to say something? For you to show up and chat with us, that, that's an interesting... Um, 
We're always oh, pleased to have you. Jeremy, his wife, that's still here. Yeah, Emma. Um, hold on. We were there watching with our loved ones everything that was happening. Yesterday. And enjoying the and enjoying the hope for humanity. Lovely. And it's interesting, hold on. We could either focus on things that are going, again, kind of like what he said to Russ, we can either focus on things that are going wrong, like conspiracy theories or whatever, or we can, because it's really easy to change a channel, literally, and get completely different information. And he says, you just need to follow what you know in your own gut, in your own heart frequency, whatever that may be follow that and not get distracted by everything else. It's wasted time. Very good. And so, Oh, that's why you show me. So when you do that, you start separating yourself, right? So when you, when you turn to something or you listen to information and it, this is regardless of what party you're in, let's just say as friends, you listen to information that's kind of disconcerting or that doesn't really like, that a lot of people agree with or don't agree with all of a sudden you become separate he says and so when you so listen to your own heart follow your own heart and he goes then you start immersing yourself in helping one another versus feeling separate and despondent from one another so yeah it makes sense i understand what he's saying and and it totally makes sense and the idea of focus what you put your focus and energy towards that thing that draws you along, you can put it towards humanity. You can put it towards other people. And so, but I just talking about process, if you could tell us a little bit about how it works that you could be with your wife, for example, while she's watching the inaugural or she's what, or, you know, she's with her friends and they're watching the inaugural. What, what's the process like? What does that look like to you? She thinks of me and instantly I'm right there their heartstrings are so you know she thinks of me i could tell she was laughing about you know how laughing oh it was when the poet came up amanda um i can feel her excitement and then when lady got like even with lady gaga i could feel like you could she he's showing me that you can feel the pulsations like the the sensations that someone's getting that you're close to while his wife is watching Lady Gaga sing or hearing those words of the poet, Amanda, the feelings right. that she was getting, the emotions, so he's connected to those emotions and he's able to feel them as well. Yes, it's a high vibration. So it's a high frequency. You know, we had people that, had, that were very high frequencies yesterday and also very low frequency, you know, also, and it's not a hierarchy thing. But it's just a matter of like when you're happy, happiness, or when you're sad, like you can literally just go sad. You know, it's um, it's a frequency, and it's not right or wrong or this or that. Please know, please know this. He was just explaining because her frequency was so high. It was she was um, joyous. She was joyous, and it was easier for her to have thoughts come in from him. Oh, interesting. Is she aware that you're around her or is that something that she's not quite aware of? I show her signs 24 seven, he says. <laughs> uh, well, I remember you asked this once, you asked me once to, uh, to write something or to send a tweet. And then I know I did. And then I asked you if she was aware of it. And I think you laughed and said, nah, you know, it, it didn't work in one ear out the other. It's something that could, she can come back to. I see. Well, that's, and the reason I bring this up is because people tuning in, sometimes we get criticisms from people because a celebrity quote unquote shows up and I'm fond of saying there is no such thing. It's just an artificial construct. But, but the idea of you telling us how that you communicate with someone you love that's still on the planet applies to everybody. So if somebody has a loved one who's no longer on the planet, and right. they sense or feel or smell or have a tingling or something reminds them of them, 
tell us, David, how does, how does somebody amplify that frequency so they can connect with them? Luana's coming in. Hold on. <laughs> she said, David got his turn. Hold on. David got his turn. Well, Luana could speak to this. She is. Hold on. Wow. She said, for most people, you have to breathe into it. Like, calm yourself down. I, she, she's making fun of me. She showed me as like a literal cell tower, just walking around getting information. But <laughs> when you want to talk to a loved one, it's more reverent, right? But it also doesn't matter where you, what space you're in or how, um, it's just easier, thank you. It's just easier to feel things when you are empty of feelings or when you're- um, In a space to have those feelings come forward. Right. Or like, for example, what came to mind when you said that was like being in a church, for example, or a temple or a mosque, you're in a space where people are focused on energy, focused on prayer, focused on expressing themselves okay. in an energetic fashion that allows people to receive things. Is that correct? But you could do it anywhere. You could be in your swimming pool. You could be on your bike. You could be swimming. When you're doing, if you can't meditate, it's when you're doing mundane things like washing your hair, you know, or swimming or any of those things. Water is a conductor. So being around the ocean, going for a walk around a lake. Yes. Nature is a conductor because the frequencies of, thank you. She's shown me the frequencies of trees are so high because they're so connected to the planet and to the world. Um, that you can feel everything and it automatically boosts. It's like a charging cell. Like it, again, going back to the charger, going into nature is charging your system, charging your body, charging your spirit. So because let's, Luana, Luana, if I may, just to give people a, a methodology talking about process. If you want to talk to your loved one, go into a forest, think, let all the cacophony go away and make a space so that they can come forward. Go to a lake, oh. go to the ocean. Go ahead. They said something even better. They said, plant a tree and make that your sacred tree. So plant a tree in your backyard if you're able to, or if you have a plant or something. She's saying that you don't have to necessarily go to the forest. You can bring the forest to you by lying in bed and just, if you're able to relax your mind. So what this brings to my mind, of course, is when Luana asked me to take her ashes wherever I go and wherever I went for a couple of years. And still, I have a little packet of Luana that I take with me. And I planted trees in her honor all over the planet, as well I, as I scattered. Did not you did not know that. But, you know, she's a, an olive tree in an orchard sorry mm -hmm. i could go through all the trees apple she was a she was a lovely apple tree in the backyard of my parents home and uh when, when they when they sold the home i i raced a friend over there to move the tree i said you got to move luana and they had already torn all the trees down. So sorry, Lou, I lost. She said it was trees. okay. It was like Adam and Eve with the apples. <laughs> the apple tree. Well, I, so I didn't know that. So she was showing me trees, but she said that you can bring that to your, thank you, your awareness. And she's like, it was lovely, Richard. Well, thank you. And I'm sorry to, you know, what are you going to do? We're talking about emotions here. But to talk about process for a second, just to be clear, Lou, when you plant somebody's ashes, in a tree, let's say. It's not that they are in the tree, but describe what's going on there. What is, what's, how are you connecting with that tree and your loved one? It's something they'll always remember. So you have all those trees and she's showing me, was there nine trees? Do you know how many trees there are? Nine or nine? If I thought about it, that sounds about right. She says that sounds about right. So she's she showing <laughs> she would know. I mean, I can think of, you know, some trees I would just take, I'd take a tree and I'd pick the tree and I'd dig a hole, and put some ashes and cover them up. That's so, she's saying, so she's saying that it's for you to have that experience of being able to 
retrieve that information and go there. And when you're there planting it, you feel like I'm there. She showed me holding your hand each time. Well, you do feel like. And watching it happen. And so that stays with it. Thank you. That stays in within your heart. So it stays within your heart that you're able to retrieve. And what it does, it's also like a calling card for them. It does feel as if you're outside of time. Because when you, it's like anything, you know, if you have your friend's ashes and you go to scatter them in the ocean or like they did in that Jeff Bridges movie, the dude, when he throws the ashes and they all come back in his face, you're thinking of that person in a dramatic way. Now, I must say, and I, I don't really talk about it too much. I mentioned it in Flipside, but I took some of her ashes with me on a trip to Sydney in, you know, Australia. And it was a cold and windy and snow-filled sky when I went to the uh, opera house. Then I stood out along the opera house and thought, well, this is a good spot. And, you know, I pulled out this little bag and I took some ashes out and I said something like, Lou, you know, here we are. (laughs) And I kid you not, a freaking, you know, light opened up in the sky and came right down on top of me. And I threw it up in the air and it was like a rainbow. And it was like, okay, I get it. You're good at this. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, that's that's a beautiful memory. Well, it's outside of time. I mean, I'll never forget that because it's connected to something else other than, you know, and then I went to have dinner with so-and-so, you know, that's all forgotten. But that memory is very unique. But not everybody can have ashes. Not everybody has ashes. You know, right. and I do get in trouble with uh, TSA. What do you got in there, buddy? I Like, you don't want to know. But <laughs> what's another way, Lou, other than ashes, planting a tree? Would it be, would it be? Uh, People are laughing up there because I'm like, yeah, he just brings the razor blades. Put that with the ashes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but what would be another item? I mean, do you need an item? But I mean, it would be nice if it was an item, but it would be like a piece of clothing or a shirt or, or something like that, shoe, I don't know. To your point, Richard, you never need an item, you need a thought, which then in return is really not a thought, it's something that they're trying to, <laughs> oh my gosh, they're trying to force into your head. She's like, like forcing into your head. But are you really calling us that? For you humans. It's an appropriate term. That's what we are. Yeah. For you humans. Okay. I'm like, so what are you? And she goes, spirit. <laughs> Sorry. I just wanted to clarify. That's accurate. So she said that um, for, your, for you humans, you need everything so tangible that it's challenging for you to get out of your head to just feel like it's real. So they think you connect more to it when you have something like a shirt or a cloth or a like, it's amazing the things that people keep. I had a spirit on the other side just this last week say, can you please tell them to get rid of my clothes? None of them fit. <laughs> tell them to donate it. And I, and I said this, I'm like, she's saying you didn't donate the clothes that she wanted you to donate. And they all, this whole family was on Zoom. They all started laughing. They're like, we just don't want to get rid of it. She's like, they stink. She showed me mothballs. Like she showed me everything. She's like, let that part go. You have other things. But it was actually pretty funny, you know? That's interesting. And I've heard that before. I, I had a dentist that uh, uh, he used to keep, he kept his dad's tennis shoes. And, and a medium came in to get her teeth worked on. And she like stopped him in the middle of the thing. She said, I'm sorry, but your dad is here saying, get rid of those tennis shoes. <laughs> the dentist who didn't believe in any, you know, anything about the flip side. Also in Tibet, and Lou, you want to just maybe mention or talk about this, but in Tibet. The, flag. around, the flags, right? There's something with flags. Well, the flags are representational. You know, you hang a flag up and every time the flag right. flaps, prayer. a prayer from the flag, you know, is used. So each prayer flag has a prayer on it and when the wind moves it supposedly you gain the benefit of it but on the other side of mount kailash as you're walking around mount kailash this is you know this mount everest is there a waterfall um there's a there's a river there with luana's in there's a river that runs alongside the uh but when you get to the other side of the of this mountain 
there's a field where people, Tibetans, have left clothing, Indians, Tibetans, people from Asia, have left clothing from a person, a loved one. So you walk around the corner and it's like you're in a department store and there's shoes and hats and coats and, and all the stuff. And you, that you re, like, what is this? And then you realize, oh, these are, you know, a child's shoe, you know, that kind of thing. They leave that there as a prayer. So Lou, what's that about? What is that connection? And why is that important? Sorry, I was just shown so many different religions and practices all at once that have different ways of handling it and doing things. I was shown, I went from that to baptisms for the dead for, you know, not whatever, and then to a bunch of other things. But so just give me a second. That was sure. No, no. That, and that's great to share because it, that. Give me your question. I'm sorry. Well, it was just to talk about that process. And it could be that, it could be a funeral where you throw some dirt on the coffin, where you talk about somebody. That idea of connecting to the departed through an item, through an object. She said, yes, trees are the best because they not only help your oxygen levels here, they help us over here, trying to save the planet. So. Interesting. Trees are also something you can look and you could see at any given time, you could see a thousand different things go on with trees. Like if you look at like every little, you don't, you don't see the same tree. It grows and it, you know, and it, they just showed me all the leaves falling off. Like it, it's constantly evolving and it represents time periods. So like, thank you. If someone passed away in the winter time, you're gonna remember how damp and cold things are. It's just an energy that you're gonna remember surrounding whatever it was that you went through. Um, show me again. People just need to have love in their hearts for their loved ones. That's it. However that finds its way into your heart. Calling cards. Well, and it's also a very there Despite what happened, or if there was even a question of like with her dad, she's saying, or from, like, despite what happened down here. Focus or, on that for a second. What does she want to say about her father? You don't forgive, know anything about her dad. Forgive, I've, if you have, have said anything, it's forgive, I don't know, but she's saying. You don't. It's forgiveness. So let's just say that you have someone that's on the other side. You have, it's challenging if you're holding on to that. That's that hot, hot stone that you can't throw. And just be like, forgiveness heals all parties. Hold on. I wasted a lot of time being so angry at my dad that I missed the love he actually had for me. Lou, do you want me to explain what that means? So Luana, when she was a little girl, uh, her father went off to the war, uh, World War II. And when he came back, he was a change guy for whatever reason, probably PTSD. And he no longer wanted to be married. So he left the family. She was just a toddler. But he didn't go far. He went somewhere in the same Los Angeles area and he got another family and he got married. And Luana went to see him maybe once a week when he worked at a bank. Uh, he was a banker. But she told me um, it was traumatic for her because every time she went to see him, she would get sick, physically ill. But of course, that connection was not there. And she felt rejected and angry. However, I must say it fueled her acting ability and why she was considered a great actor by so many of her friends. Etc. Yeah. Etc. Et Jack Nicholson, people like that who who loved her. Robert Town talks about her acting all the time. She so, said you're the closest thing to home. She never had a home. Well, you know, and, and she goes, if everyone knew that your home is inside of you, everything changes. Like the trees, everything changes. You can't take anything with you. Let's say that again, Lou. 
home is inside of you. Home is inside of you. If you keep looking externally for a place to reside in, if you're even looking, then it's too like it's too late. You need to look inside and see where you're because people think of home, they think of peace, right? Or you, being at peace, or you can't have peace if you haven't forgiven somebody. She's like, I wasted so much time by not forgiving him. Yes, it fueled my career. And yes, it was supposed to happen, she says. But could you talk about a reconciliation when you but saw- I wasted so much time. Her reconciliation when she saw him was after she died, right? Hold on. Yeah. I know she told me that. I don't know why I asked that as a question. Give me a second. She said it was love and bliss. Like we did it. We did what we're supposed to. Wow. He said, and then he said, I'm like, did he say he was sorry? And, he, and she said he didn't have to. Was he, I correct? Was I correct? Was, was I correct in my assessment that it was PTSD or his war experience that changed him? He wanted to forget everything. And unfortunately, after the war, it included us. <laughs> That's tough, Lou. Unless she's a good writer. He just wanted something new because then he thought his PTSD would go away or that he didn't have to look at it or confront it. It was just a whole new life. She would have preferred him going to out of the country, but that didn't happen. As a, yeah, as opposed to across town, I know, bus ride. And of course you were able to reconcile with your mother, which I know that you had a fractious it relationship. Her, it wasn't her fault. She took it out on me, it was a triangle. She took it out on me what happened to her and made me feel like I could, I'd worked so hard to, to have her approval. But I, didn't, uh, I didn't get it until I was 27. That makes sense. When I was 18, I tried, but she still was in grief or she still was grieving in her own way. And I was shown alcohol. I don't know if she had an alcohol issue or something, or she was either that, or she was a dry, like she wouldn't drink and was miserable. It was either one or the other, I'm getting. I don't know. Yes, they had a friend. I mean, Luana, I think ran away from home when she was about 16, 17, 18, somewhere in there. And the fact that they reconciled when she was about 27 sounds about right. Um, and uh, she, you know. They both grew up. Well, and the reason I'm talking about this is not because this is Luana Andrews' story, this is your life, which we do, we can, something we can do. But it's also to point out to people that are tuning in who are suffering because of relationships with their family members, with people who've left them or stopped loving them or hurt them. And Luana's trying to point out that once you get to the flip side, all that's gone, it's all left on stage. And every, it's not just that and everything's okay. Sorry? And your clothes. And the clothes and the props. Somebody asked me the other day about like brain trauma or mental illness and, you know, people who now go to the flip side. And I said, well, it's like when we've talked to people about alcohol on the flip side, they say they can smell it, they can drink it, but you can't get drunk because you don't have a brain. No. You're missing the body part. Right. And let's not forget our brain our conscious mind was there to protect us. So it, you know, from wild beasts and animals and everything else. And so it's still like, it puts fear in us for everything. And I'm so you're probably going, what does that have to do with anything? No, no, <laughs> it has to do with everything. Of course it does. But it has to do with the fear of going over to the other side or the fear of being here and having a mental illness thing. It's so, this is something that I love about Denise. Denise coined this phrase called neurostyle. Everybody has a different neurostyle. I have ADD. I have to wake up really early in the morning to help it. You know, working out, I wear myself out like a little kid. You know how those little kids are climbing up the hill and the, the babysitter's making them do it over and over again? I have to do that with myself or else I can't go to sleep easily. Because I'm in the ethers all day. And then when I come down, I can't feel my feet. I can't I can't feel, I can't feel my hands. Like it's a weird sensation and it takes hours before it hits me that I'm back. Wow. I'm back mentally, I think, I think. 
<laughs> but so hold on a second. She brought up the fear aspect. Give me a second. Don't be fearful to reconcile. There's nothing as people. Wow. She was showing me all the people that are passing away and going to the other side right now. She said that time is an illusion in the context of holding on to past differences. Even if you don't, even if the person that you're in an argument, like even if the person that you don't, that you need to forgive is already left the planet, do it. Don't wait to do it. They're not going to harm you. They're not going to hurt you. Ask them to love you. Have a different relationship with them. You had a very interesting point uh, last week or uh, that I, re I repeated to a few people, which was when you're having difficulty with a person in your life, talk to their higher selves and ask the higher selves to help. Let me give you a visual. So I recently had a client from Seychelles, Africa that I was talking to. And she, her husband, who's actually the president of Seychelles, she won't mind that I say, say this, because um, I asked her if I can quote her, or quote him, excuse me, Albert. And he said to me, you have to have love and send love to situations, you know, whether that's parents, friends, you know, family members, anybody that you, uh, you want to squeeze. Because what it does by sending the, that energy, that loving, kind energy, it dissipates, it like gets into their system where they start becoming awake. But if you send those bad vibes or those bad, like, you know, by hating them or not, you know, all of that, you know, and I'm not saying that everyone should do this. Just please hear me out. It was such a cool visual. He showed me a dissipating the energy that they're caught up in. But if you send the, like if you're mad at them because they've done something so wrong, by being mad at them keeps them exactly where they're at. But by sending love, it elevates their consciousness. Even if they're not aware of it yet, it's going to catch up to where they actually might understand that they might be doing something wrong. Wow. And this is Albert who is on the flip side. He's no longer on yes, the planet. Yes, he's no longer here. So uh, let me allow, allow me just to give a visual as well. I once had an experience where I was sort of outside my body and I felt myself sort of dissolve into energy. It was a weird, I've only had it once in my life, but I, I was aware that I was like this light, mm. yellowish light that was kind of floating. And I could see in the distance negative energy coming towards me. And I was trying to figure out like, what is that? But I could see it was like this, it looked like, felt like, and I allowed myself to give a blast of this yellow light in that direction. And all the yellow light dissipated, you just used that word, dissipated yeah. what was there and, and like watering it down, watering yeah. it down. And eventually it just dissolved all the darkness dissolved into the yellow light. Like that's exactly what it. That's exactly what they're talking about. They're like everybody's clapping over there. <laughs> well, that I mean, you you gave the word dissipating ener negative energy. How to dissipate negative energy in in other people? Send, send it, love. Send, it, send love. Send love. It's really profound and, and simple. It's it. You would think it was just so brilliant the way he showed me by sending. Like it was a visual of sending all of these iridescent lights and pinks and greens, whatever you feel healing is to you, um, prayer, chanting, meditation, you can send it, send it to them. And eventually it dissipates that negative energy that's surrounding them to make that actually makes them start, like makes them more awake to where they're not gonna be doing the same crap they've been doing. Another example is the meditation called Tonglen, T-O-N-G-L-E-N. I've yeah. mentioned it many times. Uh, Richard Davidson used it when, in his study of how to cure depression. Tonglen, in its essence, is imagining a color, let's say a healing color, which mm -hmm. might be... Different for everybody. Different for everybody. Let's just pretend it's blue. And as you're imagining someone who's not well, 
let's say their illness might be a particular color. It might be uh, gray. It might be in your mind. You're thinking, oh, grandma has this illness. I'm going to imagine it as a color. And you send this healed energy, this healing light, whatever the color is, until that color dissipates, like pouring ice cold water on a fire. And eventually the fire goes out and it becomes embers. And then you just keep yeah. throwing. So I, I'm just saying in terms of dissolving energy, I think it's a very something. So I am getting a thought to my head and maybe it's from Lou, but I did have a friend who passed away uh, yesterday or a couple of days ago. And this morning I attended his funeral uh, remotely, <laughs> like you can now, which is so weird. Um, but you know, you don't have to get dressed up. I like that part. I can just <laughs> have my coffee and go to the funeral. But I wanted to ask uh, Luana about my friend Richard. Great first name. But uh, R Richard passed away. And I don't know if he's ready to talk to us or if he wants to talk to us, but I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't. I think Richard's a blabbermouth. They're like, please talk to him. <laughs> okay, Lou, would you mind? Could you bring him in, have him sit down in our chair? <laughs> They're trying to pull him in. Hold on. He didn't really believe in all of this, I don't think. Okay. Don't well, let's know. ask him. Richard, what's, what was your experience crossing over? Describe it to us. It says it was dark at first. I was confused to where I was. Thought I was dreaming. And what was the dream? What dream were you having? <laughs> was he really funny? Yes, he was very funny. He's like, <laughs> I thought I was talking to you and all you were doing was talking and talking and talking. <laughs> <laughs> what but were we, ta what were we, what were we talking about? Wait, hold on. I don't know. Something about you guys driving up the coast. So I don't know if you guys were driving up the coast. Well, he was a guy who loved taking trains. He okay. loved, he loved going up the coast on trains. We talked about doing it. I know he did it with everybody in his family, but. Okay. Um, you know, he's like, it was a dream, Richard. So it was a car. <laughs> it was like, a car. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, he's like, it was a dream, Richard. So I thought I was having a dream. We were driving up the coast. And it was a beautiful, beautiful day. And it f feels like a convertible. And <laughs> I just knew that we were out of gas, you say. I just knew we were out of gas. And then he says, thank you. And then my mom came to help me. Ah, so your mom was the first person who broke the dream. I mean, was that when you realized? Yeah. And what was that like for you to see your mom? Blissful. She took my hand and said, I just want you to meet a few people. Wow. And who did uh, she introduce very, you to? Very soft landing. Um, almost feels like a child he had who passed. Oh, interesting. I don't know that about his life, but that's, yeah. we hear that often. We hear that often. And then a very different, hold on. He has a lot of friends over there. A lot of friends. Very good. And anything you'd like to say to your children, uh, your son or daughter, David or Susan? Okay, he did, he's either showing me Dick Van, not Dick, I don't know if it's Dick Van Dyke, not Dick Van Dyke, who is it? Rock and Roll, whoever, who did the Rock and Roll Eve thing? Uh, I don't know. New Year's uh, Eve. New Year's Eve. Oh, Rock. Dick Clark. Dick Clark. Sorry, he showed me Dick Clark. Is, did I, you did you see Dick Clark or someone like Dick Clark? No, it's not Dick Clark. Oh, he's trying to show me the event, like celebration, like celebrating 
his passing. His journey um, over to that side. Yeah. Right. Right. And that, hold on. And he says that David has a lot to enjoy now. He was always so worried. It feels like. And he was truly like one of his best friends. It feels like, like his son was one of his best friends. Sweet. And, and then Susan is super busy. She needs to just get on with her life or just whatever it is. Um, she's super, super busy and that he loves her. He just like kissed her on the forehead. He says that she has to take care of herself. She needs to take, she needs to take better care of herself. And that the dream was real, that she saw him in a dream. Oh, very good. And yeah. your wife, I think her name's Elaine. He's saying she needs to get a new bed. <laughs> you mean? I don't know. Um, that might be broken or something like that. Or, you know, maybe it's just too much emotion. She'll just feel, she'll just feel better. She'll feel better. The yes. emotional attachments. I know you guys were together a long time. I think 50, 40, 50 um, some years. Yeah. I was... 50, it could be 58. I thought it was 48. That's exactly right. I was going to say 57, 58 is right. So, but still the idea of what's a good way, Richard, for people to, I, before I get to that, we have a mutual friend, John. He was a partner of yours and uh, he's a mutual friend. Is there anything you want to say to John or your brother, Bill? Thank you, he said. Tell John, thank you. Okay. And your brother, Bill? He was always there for me when I needed him the most. John was. And then John Bill, was. Bill, you said was his brother? Yeah. It's not scary over here. Stop being afraid to die. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's a good, that's really important to hear. I mean, you know, it's most people. a lot of fun. It's actually a lot, a lot more, of A lot more movement. So let me just ask you about that, because we do in our class here talk about process, which is what kind of fun are you having over there? A lot more movement? What does that mean? You mean you're traveling more or flying around or what? Well, we can do so much more without our bodies that are heavy and hurting. Like what, if you don't mind me asking? I don't know. I just got here. <laughs> well, Lou can show you around. That's right. She can help you with that. Oh. He's making fun of me. They're not being able to hear very well because he's like, you can hear everything. There's so many different notes and there's so many different senses. Like the ocean here, like hearing the ocean is so differently. You can hear underneath the ocean. It's just without getting wet. <laughs> oh, and he's, what? He's with his dog right now. Wow. Is that the dog that he used to have, or is that is that the higher self of the dog that he has? Or he, I think he has a couple. There's a dog he used to have, silly. Okay, very good. I got a personal. I feel like he was, feel like he was treated like Hira. Like Hira. Well, I got a I got a personal question for you, my friend, which is we came into each other's orbit about 20 years ago, and I'm an unlikely person to be in your orbit. Let's put it that way. But you were, you were somebody who always encouraged me in this particular work, in this particular endeavor, even though it was outside your world, you always found it fascinating and you always encouraged me. We used to have breakfast together at Dupar's, uh, you know, up in yeah. uh, farmer's market. Like, oh, I'm like, so I told him, I said, why did you say that you didn't believe in this or something? And yeah. he goes, that was a joke. Like that oh. was supposed to be a joke. I'm like, well, I, I don't. It was hard to say if he did or didn't, but he saw the potential for a television show. He wanted he, to. He wanted to. And he worked in television. I mean, he was the head of Paramount Television for some years, and he's the guy who created the show Equalizer. You know that television show? Oh yeah. And now they're doing a movie, and he he was in charge of that. This was his baby. Um, and oddly enough, the editor was one of my film students. But Dick, the reason I asked the question is, what about me? I'm, uh, this is a curiosity. 
what is it you saw in me? Because I oh wait, so that's why he showed me Dick Clark because he goes by Dick. Yeah, he, Dick Lindheim. Oh. Yeah, his last name is Lindheim, but yeah, he goes by Dick. I didn't know that. Okay, he's like, call me Dick. That's what he showed. Oh, that's I see. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I called him Richard, yeah. but no. That was yeah, how you went by Dick. And we're using this as a process. Yeah. No, and you've never met him. You don't know him, but he was a, a dear friend. And so I guess it's a, a moot question, but was there some presaging of this conversation that you had when we met? I guess that's my question. Did your higher self know that eventually you and I would have this conversation with you? You bothered me so much I had to get to know you. <laughs> That's funny. Well, we had a lot of laughs. Join the conversations. He couldn't have them really with anyone. It, it was besides his wife. He said it was rare to have them with other people. And he goes, the comfort you gave me before and what I know now is insurmountable. He's just showing me it's, you really don't know all the lights that you're lighting. He's showing me you like lighting up everybody, like all the lights that you're lighting up, Richard. He's grateful. Cool. I got to say, I had this weird dream, I don't know how many years ago, decades ago. And I was, I was, uh, I was on like a, with a line of people marching. And it was like, almost like that Apple commercial, everyone's in gray and everyone's like marching and, and no one's looking at each other. Just, and kind of like frightening and being marched along. And I'm looking around like, where is this? Is this another universe or something? And then I found myself like in a holding cell with about a thousand of these people, all in gray, covered in gray, just dust and ash and miserable. And I had this weird moment where I went, we don't have to be like this. We can, we can talk and talk about how to fix things. And right. I started talking about you know, healing and by the light. And suddenly, as I was talking, the light of just lifted off this building and suddenly everything. By the way, everything... we, by the yeah, way, we did, did the light. The oh, light. The light. <laughs> your face turned, the light in your face. Also there turned. you go. I am getting, I'm getting the light. Anyway, the whole point was it was a weird metaphor for what Dick is saying, which is, it's not me. I'm talking about how you people, everybody on the planet, can stop to brush the dust off, get the gray off. Everything's right. in full color. On the flip side, it's in technicolor. Right. And it's cool. You don't have to be in a hurry to get there. But when you get there, don't worry about it. Right. That's awesome. Anyway, so Dick, anything you want? I know Jennifer's probably got to go pretty soon. I do. So, Dick, anything else you want to say? Uh, who did I forget? Your wife? You just, your... You just shook your hand. You just shook your hand. Thank you, sir. Thank you for all the generosity you've given hand, me. Put his hand over it. And he goes, listen, I got way more out of it than you can conceptually even understand. Well, I appreciate you saying you that. Have a big, he goes, you have a big heart. And you're always helping. You're always helping other people. And he goes, I mean, you've never not done that, whether you're doing it here or whether you were doing it when you were working, you were always a joy to talk to. We had a lot of fun. And I can't even talk about the places we've been and the things we've done because he, he's a guy who worked in many different areas of, let's say, of government. And so he was a very unusual guy and his journey was always helping people. He was a stand-up guy who was truthful and sweet to everybody he met. And we had a lot of fun together. So it's funny. Dick Lindheim, thank you so much for stopping by. And we must thank David Bowie for coming in to say hello. You're always welcome. What an unusual cat. George, thank you for writing uh, that song. Here comes the sun. It was appropriate for yesterday. Um, I think it's interesting the musicians came to talk about the music as opposed to the politicians coming to talk about the politics. We'll have to do that in another day. Well, he, what was interesting, Maverick showed up before I even got here and I'm like, oh. And then he's just like, yeah, you just pushed me aside. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, we're right. happy to chat he with goes, you. There's really nothing, he goes, there's really nothing to say. He goes, we're all just, 
we're going to salute him when he gets over here, whenever that happens. It's not, you know, it goes all around. Everybody plays their position, their place. He goes, he goes, <laughs> he's kidding. He's like, after I kill him, I will salute him. <laughs> he's you up. mean, you don't mean Joe, you mean the other guy? All of them, because I'm sure there's somebody over there that can't stand Joe. Like, he's like, it all works out. It all works out. We're all part of this incredible performance. Intricate. Intricate that we've created along with our guides and teachers, but we're the primary creators of the roles we play, the costumes we wear, but love is the key. As Luana came forward to tell us, we really appreciate it. Thanks guys. What a wonderful uh, session as always. Thank you, Jennifer. We love you. And we will catch you on the flip side.